Welcome to the Podiatry Business Podcast, brought to you by your host, Lorcan O'Donnella, podiatrist and health business mentor. The podcast that is designed to help current and aspiring podiatry clinic owners to make the most of their clinic, turning it into a true business that can work without them, allowing them the freedom to earn more, work less, and live a better life. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Podiatry Business Podcast with myself, Lorcan O'Donnell, podiatrist and health business mentor. So at the time of recording this, um, mid to late October 2020, um, there is a surge or a second wave or whatever way you want to call it of coronavirus sweeping across Europe, certainly, um, and perhaps a little bit in the States, they seem to be on their first wave continuously. But what's happening is um, governments are ramping up the restrictions and, and how much they're going to allow people out and about. And I know that this is concerning for a lot of podiatry clinic owners. Um, and I'm hoping that you've listened to my last podcast where I talk about how you can be prepared. The worst thing you can do is sit on your hands and just let things flow over you. You have an opportunity an obligation indeed to yourself and your patients, your staff, to get ready for this. And you can get ready for it and you will survive it. And I was speaking to somebody who mentors clients in uh, Melbourne and they have had a severe lockdown. You weren't allowed to go beyond five kilometers from your house. Um, And that's gone on from July and it's only kind of stopping now. And the clinics outside of the city centres, the city centres are different. People are working from home, so the city centres have been pretty quiet. But the people outside the city centres in the suburbs and so on, where people are living, um, are having an exceptional year. They've never really been busier. And I saw this myself today um, when I went for a walk with my three small girls. And it was bananas where we'd normally go for walks. I've never seen it so busy. Everybody was out walking, um, a little bit of cycling, but primarily everybody's out just getting a walk. And this is good for us as podiatrists. People are realizing that there's not a lot they can do. They need to get out for their mental health and for the physical fitness. And walking is the simplest thing. So I would say to you, if you're, if you're at any con- all concerned about what's coming down the tracks, be prepared and that's part of what this um, episode is about, episode 35, um, the title of which is Why Are Your Patients Saying No to Treatment? It's imperative that you make the most of those patients that do come in your door and that you convert them. Um, it's a bugbear of mine when a, a patient comes in they ask for our help and we cannot convince them to go ahead with the help even though we know it's the right thing for them to do because i feel it's imperative on us that we make sure that that patient gets better and that we make sure that we're convincing enough and good enough and have the skills the psychological skills to convince that patient of the reason to do so so human nature is by itself um, risk averse. It does not like um, to have to say yes. Saying yes is a risk. Um, There's much less risk um, when saying no. So if you think about it, if you're considering, for example, contacting me and asking me to help you with your business, because 
we haven't spoken uh, before, maybe because we haven't, um, uh, you're not too sure what, what's involved in the process, it's easier to say no than it is to say yes. So it's the same across the board. This is just the way people are. Think about the people who, who contact your clinic. If you're not doing any serious external marketing, which most clinics aren't, um, there are people who ring and ask for an appointment. And these people, they're ready or, or pretty much ready to make that appointment. Now, they're pretty easy to convert. And what's probably happened is, like me, I used to self-congratulate myself on how good I was at getting these people to convert and to book an appointment. Well, naturally it was because they were already ready to book that appointment. I, I, I couldn't. I would have had a pretty hard job messing up the idea of getting them to book in. Well, research tells us that over 90% of people are not ready and they don't call because they think it's a risk to call. They don't want to even start that process because if they call, they feel that they'll then be obliged to make that appointment and they're not, they're simply risk averse. And it's a spectrum. It's not a case of, all 90% of them are the exact same. Some are more skeptical than others. So it's a spectrum of skepticism. So some have had bad experiences where they've spent a lot of money. They have been uh, had poor customer service, poor outcomes. Others have heard stories elsewhere. Um, maybe still others um, are afraid to make any sort of obligation with regards to money and so on. So it's not everybody coming into you is going to be the exact same way or not everybody that potentially could come to you more so than this is more about the people who potentially could come to see you than it is the people who ring up and are ready to book that appointment. So it's a normal thing that the more something costs, the higher the level of skepticism. And we need to realize that that is the case and we shouldn't take it personally. It's nothing about us. It's just human nature has developed that um, we try to be risk averse. It protects us. So spending more time, effort, money results in a higher degree of skepticism. And it means that there's more work needed by you to get that person to go ahead and make that decision to say yes, essentially. But we as clinicians, um, we tend not to do this. And we tend not to do this because we think to a degree it's below us to try and sell what we do to someone. Now, I'm not suggesting that you that people should be a sleazy salesman. I would always say to my staff, it's, it's your job to convince the patient to go ahead with the appropriate treatment. Never try to give them something that's inappropriate. And that's not what I'm suggesting here. But getting somebody to say yes is a psychological battle that you need to practice so that you can help that patient to get the outcome that they're looking for. The better we understand that and the more we have empathy for this, the more you will have your patients or potential patients um, decide to contact you, um, pick up that phone. When they do come in, book that appointment, that further appointment, go ahead with that treatment. And I'm not just talking about when you meet these patients face to face. I'm talking about your marketing. Um, so if you look at the, ever look at the Google Analytics of your, of your website, um, the, generally what you'll find is something around 98, 99% of people that land on your website take no action. They don't do anything. They don't contact you. So 
it's there even at that point that these skills can be used. And it's not about money or time um, or anything else, really. It's about risk. So obviously there are some people, they don't have the money. Um, There are some people, they simply don't have the time. But in the vast majority of cases, when they use these excuses, it's just a way to explain away that they're risk averse. And it's a perfectly normal thing. And we shouldn't think bad of them or, 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 or dismiss them for doing so. Think about the last time that you bought something that cost a lot of money or, or put a, would have taken a lot of effort. Um, I like to go cycling, and, and I took up cycling a number of years ago, about four or five years ago, and I wasn't too sure if I was going to keep it up. So I bought a bike, and then I went and bought a load of gear, but it was pretty cheap gear because I didn't want to... I, I couldn't justify to myself the risk of buying a load of expensive gear for something that I might not keep up. Well, I have kept it up, and I've, I have to be honest, I've, I've really loved it. And the point I'm making is I have a, I had for the last few years a raincoat that I got in Aldi for, I think it was 10 or 15 quid. Now, it was perfectly adequate. It kept the rain off, but it also kept all of the sweat in. And it was like wearing a greenhouse for the last three or four years. And I wanted to buy myself a much better quality coat. And I'd spotted this coat, which was... 200 euros so it was 10 times more than 10 times the price of the original coat which indeed kept me dry and now it's not that i couldn't afford it i certainly could afford this no problem at all and it's not like my wife was going to say anything she was like buy it if that's what you want but i kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because i found it hard to justify to myself the reason to go ahead and what happened was eventually of course i did buy it And I had given myself enough time to go through the process whereby I determined that the value of having the coat was greater than the price. And the same will happen with you if you're you're buying a fancy handbag that is far more expensive than one that will do an adequate job or or you're buying a car. If you're buying a brand new car or... um, or you go to the car showroom and you end up buying something that's far more expensive than the one you actually wanted or that you really need. It's the same process that's going on. And we all do this. And your patients are doing the same thing when they come to see you. And we need to understand that this is a perfectly normal thing. Obviously, once you buy that 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 object, um, we justify it to ourselves. So with myself, I justified, yeah, absolutely, I needed this coat. Um, even now on this podcast, I'm justifying it to you when the other coat still is sitting upstairs and still will do the job that I needed to do. This is normal. And if we don't start to recognize this and start to practice, how do we convince the patient that it's okay to think like this, but still okay to go ahead? The mistake that we think that we're making as clinicians is that we seem to think that we're selling podiatry or we're selling orthotics. We're not. What we're selling or what the patient perceives we're selling, which is what's more important than what we think, because it's all about the per- person's perception, is that what we're selling is an outcome, or an, out- an emotion. So for me, the outcome really was, rationally, it was to keep the rain off. But ultimately, what I wanted is I wanted to have a proper coat that made me feel good when I went out cycling every day. Um. And it's the same thing for your patient. The outcome might be that they want to be able to 
um, go back to the activity they used to do. They don't really care if it's a if it's an orthotic that's made from carbon fiber or or polypropylene or even if you give them an orthotic or not or if you give them a calf MET or a static stretch. They don't care about any of that. They'll do it, but they're not too interested in the mechanics of what happens. So when I bought my coat, I don't really care what the material is made from or what how they posted it um, or did the postman drive it x van or did he cycle none of that matters it was the outcome that mattered to me and it's the same with your patient the more clearly that you can make your patient see what it is that they want and remember it isn't podiatry it isn't an orthotic the more that they will say yes and the more that they say yes the greater chance you have of having a compliant patient who will get the outcome that they're looking for and you will build your name of the clinic that's able to fix the patients that others couldn't because essentially they couldn't convince the patient of the reason to keep going. So the more certain that your patients are about what they will get, the more that they will say yes. So obviously I'm not suggesting, and we have this conversation in my own clinic with my own staff, can I guarantee, what do I do when the patient asks me, can I guarantee that I'm going to get the outcome. And the the, the line or the, the script that I will tell them is, no, you can't guarantee. That's unethical. It's, un, it, it's inappropriate in a medical setting. But what we will guarantee is that we will only advise you what we think is most appropriate and we will put everything we possibly can into getting you better. And that works. That's For, for 99 out of 100 patients, that's sufficient. Um, I'm sure that we could probably give a money-back guarantee and we probably would get that last 1% or 2% over the line. But to me, it doesn't feel right and it's not what I'm looking to do. So how not to do it is to tell that patient, um, I can't guarantee anything and we'll just see how we go. Um, An example would be when you get that patient to come in one appointment at a time and they've no idea how long is this going to take? Um, am I, what should I expect at any particular stage? And this is how most clinics do it. And this causes significant um, risk and it co- therefore causes that patient to say no. And you can improve on this. You can change it by giving them much more um, detail or, 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 or um, examples of how they can overcome or where they can expect to be at a certain period of time. And I talked about this before in um, an example would be in my podcast on packaging and where we hand out um, treatment plans, written treatment plans to begin with, where we give that patient a much clearer idea of what it will take to get them to their outcome. By doing this, it reduces the risk and therefore reduces their significant skepticism and also means that that patient is more likely to go ahead. We also understand, and you should understand, that certain patients are not ready to make that decision straight away. So the greater amount of time that you put into that patient, just like the amount of time that I spent looking at my coat or that you might have spent looking at that car you want to buy, you didn't buy it straight away. The more time and effort that you can put into that patient helping them come to the right decision, the more patients that will eventually come to that decision. So what I would say to you is when you have a patient coming into you or when you're designing your marketing or your website, think about the vast majority of potential patients, not the ones who pick up the phone and say, can I have an appointment? But the vast majority of patients who are unsure, 
Are you the right place? Can you help me? And remember what I said, it isn't really the money that's stopping them from saying yes. It's everything else. It's the uncertainty. And the more you can give them certainty of what they're going to get at the end, what the outcome is. And in a lot of cases, the patient isn't even sure what outcome they're looking for. And it's not podiatry. It's not orthotics. It's not a flexible calf. It is an emotional thing they're looking for, an emotional outcome. Um, The more certain you can give them on that, the happier your patient will be and the more profitable your business will be. So until next week, this is Lorcan Adunla signing out.